At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Off track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm being asked to make my Chrome faster. Well, you should probably do that because your internet's dog. You know what, Tim? You're dog. I don't like your attitude. And you are where you internet- eat? Ooh. <clears throat> I've got questions, also there. concerns <laughs> about your dog. Um, don't worry, we'll take him uh, and start referring to him by his real name, which is Pappy. <laughs> <sighs> Long time no see. I see you entirely too much I and know. entirely it's too often. It feels so, like it's been a lot lately. It's yeah, and like, and 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 I haven't actually seen you in person for quite some time. Like we've got a while for us, and yeah. I don't love it. And by I don't love it, I mean I don't love that I feel like I've still seen you a lot. Like, oh, got it. I was yeah, like, no, 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 I don't want to yeah. see you. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. no let's be very You'll clear be- about this. I'll be back for uh, I'll be back for the eclipse in April. Didn't you My, you like gave some dates the other day? Like, hey, I'm going to be back in town for these dates. And Becky and I were like literally gone from the day before you leave till the day after you. Or which didn't make a back. ton of sense to me. I thought you were coming to the eclipse thing. Um, so I'm going to Singapore instead. Okay. Because you know they, it's, they won't have the eclipse there, right? Yeah, I'm not going for that. Um, I'm understand. not going for that. Uh, I have um, Becky and I have some very good friends and our goddaughter live in Singapore. You've heard me talk about them. And uh, we try to get to see them every other year. And last year we weren't able to go and that was the year we were supposed to go. So we're a year behind. So we booked a trip and we're going to go see them. And that's right over that time. Yeah, you guys, you guys get back the day before I leave. Yeah, I'm gonna be super tired though, so probably not gonna see you. <laughs> you know what? You might and, make it in time for the eclipse. It's on. You get back the eighth. It's on the eighth. Oh, oh, wait! It's a solar eclipse. Yes. I don't think we get back till later in the day, just because it's uh, it takes a while to get back from Singapore, apparently. So um, I'm I'm coming in for it. Um, I don't know if I can mention the coming in i'll bleep it just in case uh my buddy doug from jpl is coming in for it and i was just texting doug and i didn't even want to do this because i felt like it would be jinxing it but it's like you know like it's gonna be april and then like there's a good chance it's cloudy that day like oh (laughs) that's such a good point (laughs) like like they're hosting this big event i think alex is actually like technically the host of this event 
at IMS. That doesn't sound right, but okay. he said he's doing something in terms of hosting it. Or I don't. He's involved in some way. Could um, you imagine? Well, knowing him, he'd just get in his private plane and fly above the clouds and then see it from there. I would that I would make the exception of my uh, not going on his plane for that. Have you not been on his plane at all? No. I and actually don't. Of, it's not like a thing. It was just because I wanted to go. He just Colt's never invited you. Nashville. No, he did. He did in Nashville. <laughs> you remember Colton had that big yes, party that no, I wanted to I go remember. to. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. And now you're never going to be invited back. So that was your one my, and only my shot. My FOMO, uh, you know, is is, is chronic. Hey, dude, it's uh, it's <laughs> crippling. Yeah, it's crippling. You're in yeah. the top two, top two worst FOMO sufferers that I know. Which isn't great because most of my friend group is 2,000 miles away. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you guys hang out sometimes without me, and I don't love it. Right. And you also <laughs> you also hang out with – you also are close with a couple high earners, which make it tougher sometimes to yeah. keep up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that bachelor Not me. party in Just Columbia. so we're clear. Not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You like was, two of your friends the, own their uh, own planes, <laughs> you know. I was the strong contingent for Topeka bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've never been in Topeka, Colombia. Is it nice? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, everything we did in Cartagena, we could have done in Kansas. Um, I feel like there are some meals we couldn't have had there. I'd have cooked. I would sure. fly to Colombia just to not have to eat anything you cooked. That's I'm a great cook. That's actually that's yeah that's that was mean and I it's not true <laughs> yeah. you actually do you actually can cook some pretty nice stuff uh, right. and by nice so I we, mean tasty not like good. yeah no it's terrible for you yeah it's like uh, really bad yeah uh, yeah so unnamed Tuesday episode which means obviously Alex isn't here um <laughs> but one of the ideas we kicked around was just kind of like going over a cool story from the past and maybe diving into it with a little bit more detail for the benefit of the audience um and. So you kicked around this idea and we were chatting about it. And I came up with a story that I think would be a fun one to kind of open this concept with. Uh, and it, it was, it was, it was, it came up because somebody like referenced this on Twitter yesterday or the day before, not like in a mean way or a bad way, but it was just kind of like referenced, um, actually in a supportive way. Uh, but it just caught me thinking about it. I'm like, Oh, that'd be a great thing to talk about on Tuesday, which is, uh, my 2018 Indy 500 experience. Yep. And uh, what you say, yep, like, did you know I was going to say that? Uh, no, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, the, oh, you did. The gun going off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you recall, uh, I didn't make the race in 2018, which was extra surprising considering we were on pole two years prior to that. And there, I mean, I guess 2018, there was a pretty significant rule change. It was different body work and all the rest of it. But still, um, bit of a shock. And yeah, I figured I'd just kind of like walk you guys through what that was like for my seat. Um, <laughs> sucked, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with you. No, it was so it was weird because the month was not, it was going okay. It wasn't going like stellar. We weren't like smoking fast. We knew we were a little bit off on pace anyway. Um you know, a good part of the month was also like, you know, that was uh, Rob's rookie year at the Speedway. And so I was working with him a bunch and and trying to just kind of show him the ropes and whatever, not that he needs that that much assistance. He's pretty dang good at stuff, but it was his first 500. 
And again, you had just been on poll two years prior. So it's not right. like uh, it's not like you didn't know what you were talking about. You know, even and, somebody who knows what they're doing could still take advice from a poll sitter. For sure. For sure. And and, you know, like I said, the pace wasn't there for like we knew we weren't fighting for the front row or anything. But that's that didn't bother me a lot because I've seen cars that weren't necessarily quick overlap run off and win the race. It happened last year. It happened mm-hmm. in 2014. Um, so like I've, I've seen these things happen. And so the, the pace part didn't really concern me too much, but we get in a qualifying day and, you know, it's tough to remember exactly how different the rules were from what it is today. Cause they changed the qualifying rules every single year at the speedway. Can't, um, can't imagine that's frustrating at all. No, 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 not remotely for especially the people like (laughs) just watch that race every year. (laughs) Even for the people in the sport the whole time, it's incredibly frustrating. Uh, But yeah, so so we go to do our first qualifying run. And. Right, I'm in front of the line and it starts raining. And so car gets thrown under a cover and track, we lose the track and all that stuff whatever, whatever we sit around for whatever it is, an hour or something, two hours, whatever it took to dry the track off. And we were the first car up after that. And that was kind of disadvantageous in two ways. First off, you know, right after rain, the track's going to be a little green. It's not going to be as much rubber down, won't be as much grip. So it's going to have more scrub. It's just not going to be quite as fast. And then the second thing about it is like the teams engineer the timing of getting into line and everything very specifically, because when you're qualifying at the speedway, there are certain parts of the car that you want really hot. There are certain parts of the car that you want really cold. You have to be in line a certain amount of time before you run. There's all these kind of like, so there's like this dance of how you heat the car, cool the car, do all these different things. And Which again, because you guys are fighting over tenths of a second over like, four laps over 10 miles right over 10 miles you're fighting over inches literally yeah yeah um you know and we've made that comment before about how you sit there and you you lament being a mile an hour off you're like oh my god that's so much time how are we ever going to find a mile an hour if you actually look at that in like lap time and distance rather than speed it's like the most minuscule amount of time that mm-hmm. you're losing over two and a half mile it's crazy how tight it is so yeah you've got to make everything perfect so because you know, the the timing of when you're going back out is kind of a mystery after a rain delay. Uh, you cannot prep the car the right way to mm-hmm. be perfect. So we went out with a kind of below average car anyway with bad track conditions because it was it just rained and the car was not optimized even for what we had. And it was a slow time. And like, and I knew it. Like I said, if, actually, if you actually look at my qualifying photos, well, qualifying attempt photos from that year you can see the look on my face is like is like just (laughs) just pure rage and i hadn't even not made the race yet i was just so bummed at the speed of that run and all these things that were working against us so like we immediately knew we were gonna have to run again but remember you know they had the two lines so we yeah. go back to the garage and you're doing so all just, this just stuff. for a refresher. One line is you keep your old time, but you have to wait longer. The second line, you have priority, but you have to abandon your previous time. Correct. And so so this is and this is this is where it gets tricky, right? Because you don't want to pull a time until you have to. Like, because back mm-hmm. then I think only two, maybe 
three cars didn't make it. I think it was two, actually. I think it was just Pippa and I didn't make it. Um, but so, like, because there's been scenarios where guys pulled times that were 31st, 32nd, or 33rd because they thought they could go faster, went slower, and actually and bumped themselves out of, the, out of yeah. the race. Right. So the next car down got bumped in, and they didn't go any quicker. So that happened. I think it was famously to PT in 2010, 11, 10, I think 10. Uh, and, and Sebastian Saavedra, who had been in the, the keep your timeline, had gone out, crashed, had been bumped. And then one of the cars ahead of him pulled their time. PT pulled his time, went in the other lane to go get a run, went slower. And so Seb was actually bumped back in after crashing and was sat in the infield medical center. So it's crazy. Like that's, what's so nuts about any qualifying it makes it so challenging. So uh, which just to, to real quick aside. Another reason why I don't think we should have guaranteed entries. Dude, I I, I mean, that's a separate. We'll talk about that in next week's show because we, we didn't get it to it this week. Um, but that is something that we have absolutely have to chat about. Um, but yes, it's what makes Indy qualifying like one of the worst days of the year for, for teams and drivers. Like it's the most stressful day. Other side of it, we love it. <laughs> no, it's, and that's, that's what fans want to see, right? It's got to be dramatic. Yeah. That's what makes it cool. So, I never thought there would be a day where I, I would actually like feel bad for graham ray hall <laughs> yeah there are yeah, yeah. Like, graham has an objectively objectively really cool life and yet, yet on yeah. that day not a lot to complain about but on that day you felt bad for him yeah um so I never feel pity for somebody who is winning in life so much more than me <laughs> <laughs> like every facet of his life is better than mine yes <laughs> i was just like oh poor guy <laughs> god i wouldn't want to be him right now <laughs> so so all these things are starting to like all you know come together and because the rain delay you know normally you can get through the whole field at 33 and then the track opens up and guys can start and girls can start lining back up and there's lots of opportunity to get back through the line well because we had lost a couple hours of the day that was no longer the case yeah so the lineup, a lot of people wanted to go back out. And these are people that wanted to just try and improve from, you know, 24th to 18th. These are people that were trying to get into the fast nine. You know, there's a bunch of different reasons to go back in that lane too, where you keep your time but get to go. Yeah. Again. And so because we weren't technically out yet, you, you didn't want to pull out a lane two, go into lane one and remove your time. So we are sitting in lane two. And I want to say, I don't actually remember this part, but there's a good chance that we may have even gotten, no, no, that doesn't make sense. So because of the delay and lack of time or whatever, we're in lane two. We never got to the front because there were a couple cars that were out that keep going back in line and they get priority, you know, from yeah. lane one over lane they, two. They've been in their time, yeah. So lane two is not moving very quickly. Maybe you get a break of a car can do a run as these other cars are going out. Anyway. We get to the point where we finally get bumped. And so, or no, 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 no. No, I don't think that's even accurate. I think we finally got to the front of the line. I don't remember either way. Maybe we did get bumped. I either remember way. there was some engineered thing where people asked if you were upset with Pippa. Well, yeah, then we'll get to that. So yeah. I honestly forget if we made it to the front of lane two or we got bumped and pulled into lane one. Either way, we went out for our run. And on the warm-up lap, the car picked up this unbelievable vibration. 
Mm-hmm. And what had happened, like the front end was just bouncing. The wheel was trying to rip out of my hands. It was very bizarre. And like sometimes at Indy, you'll get like a small vibration in a set of tires if it's not totally balanced perfectly. Obviously, at 230 miles an hour, even a small imbalance has a big effect on the car, right? Yeah. This felt like something was broken. And so we had to abandon the run. So we come into the pits, realize now we're getting really close on time. So we're going to have to just go into that second lane. And the year prior, time was 6 p.m., right? No, I think the year prior, it was actually still 5.50. Okay. Um, I subsequently found out. But it was always just sort of accepted that 6 p.m. was the end of it. But at some point, TV ruined it by having the TV window end at 6 p.m. So they need to wrap up qualifying 10 minutes earlier. So that way you've got time to interview people and have a little bit of an outro before you go off air. I did not realize this at the time, but I'm told my team did. But it doesn't really matter because, you know, I do believe we had enough speed in the car on that run that we did get to qualify for the race. But we had this failure. And what it was, was inside the wheel, they mount these tire pressure sensors, right? So it's a little sensor that gets glued to the inside of the rim to monitor tire pressures, which is a very important thing for the engineers to have. That thing was not secured properly. It fell off of the wheel and was just rolling around inside the tire at 200 okay. miles an hour. So like very dangerous, very dangerous, very suboptimal, not very good for performance. So we had to, had to abandon it. And now we know we're getting down to the wire on time, but we're still not panicking. Well, I'm not panicking because I think it's six o'clock and it's really only 550. But so we come to the box, quick look at data, try to figure out what's wrong. Think we figured it out, throw on a new set of tires, fuel it back up and then go back to get into lane one. And on my dash, we have the time, the session time. That was always something I had on my clock, on my dash. And so we're sitting there and we had got to the next car in line. We were second car in line. Pippa goes out and it's what, what, what's tough about the situation is Pippa wasn't going any faster. Mm-hmm. So she was out of the race. She was trying to get in. But so what sometimes happens is after like two laps, if it's obvious you're not improving on your time or it's obvious you're not getting fast enough to bump in, They'll throw the they'll throw the checkered flag and pull you off. You'll get you'll get DQ'd or you know the the run gets abandoned and you yeah. have to commit. Where people got upset on this one was Pippa wasn't going any faster, but they didn't stop her run. So as long as you leave pit lane before the gun goes off, you can finish the run. So Pippa was out there not going any faster, but again, I'm looking at my dash and it's five fifty. I'm like, okay, we still have time. So I wasn't really thinking about it in the car. And then I heard the gun go off. And I was like, hang on. It says 550. What is, what's going yeah, on? I, I feel like I remember seeing video of you like going like this, like yeah. pointing at your watch. Right. Because um, I was just very confused. So I'm on the radio and I clearly was not the only one that was confused. And I'm not sure if they were just like afraid to tell me what was happening or they knew all along that we were kind of hosed. But so I sat there for a couple of minutes, still like, we're going out. Like, what's, we have time. What is the deal here? And there was very like weird and limited communication. So I wasn't really hearing what was happening. And then eventually someone came on. They're like, yeah, sorry, man. Uh, the gun's at 550. You know, we didn't make it out. We're not in. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. In that moment, sitting in the car, trying to kind of process all the things that were happening and all the things that had to have happened and gone wrong, up to that point to find ourselves in this position. It was very surreal and very difficult. But I remember in that moment, two thoughts kind of entered my head. The first was, okay, when you get out of this car, there's going to be cameras and microphones. And what you say here is like going to be a lot of people are going to hear it and it's going to be a pretty key interview in your career. And, you know, one of my big mantras in, in sport and in life has always been like, you can only control what you can control. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that point I could no longer control going on track or trying to get in the race. That was now no longer something I could affect. The only thing I could control was how I reacted to it. And there was obviously the reaction that you wanted to do and then the reaction that, you know, you probably should do. And so the second thought was this story that somebody told me um, a bunch of years prior about Lewis Hamilton. And it was from his GP2 day, so now F2. And I forget, I forget the, the specifics, but the long and short of it was he and his teammate were having this battle at a, some race and his teammate like screwed up and, and hit him and spun him out, right? Battling for the win. And so it was, it was clearly the teammate's fault, but there was no penalty or nothing like that. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if you get spun out, you fall to the back. It doesn't matter if it gets penalized or not. You don't get to win. So he pulled into park for May because in Europe, all the cars after the race pull into the same spot and you can't, no one can go in there. You can't touch them. Park for May. His cars just sit there. And he said he watched Hamilton and he parked his car and he kind of looked down into the cockpit and he sat there for about a minute, 
minute and a half. You could see he was breathing and you could see he was working through his next move in his head. And then he said he unbuckled his seatbelts and he got out of the car and his teammate won the race and he's jumping on his car and he's high fiving everybody. And Lewis walked over, tapped him on the shoulder, shook his hand and walked away. And he was like, it was the most impressed I've ever been with a racing driver because it was 100% the other guy's fault. Hamilton 100% was going to beat him, but that's how he chose to conduct himself in that moment. And that story always stuck with me. And so I, I was like, okay, this is that this is that opportunity for me to prove that I can either, you know, be a little about this or, you know, take it on the chin and accept that this is something that happens in the sport. And so I took a second, stayed in the car, and then I got out of the car and I made an effort to go around and find every single one of my crew and give them a hug and a handshake. And I left my helmet on for as long as physically possible. <laughs> and I took it off so slowly. I went to the back of the car on the rear wing and it was like one glove, other glove, <laughs> disconnect left Hans clip, disconnect right Hans clip, disconnect radio. <laughs> remove hot like i went through the whole thing because i'm like as soon as this helmet comes off it's oh it's open season right like yeah. it's the trading floor is open and you are the target and uh and yeah then i i was like all right got to do it at some point so took the helmet off put the hat on and i literally i'm sitting at the back of the car if you look at where that interview took place it was at the back of the car facing 90 degrees the other direction like i didn't yeah. even get two steps away from where i was standing and it was straight into the media scrum sort of thing. And it was so tough, man. Like trying to think of the words to express how you feel in that moment, to express the disappointment, but to still, you know, show that you're with your team and um, explain to people the emotion of that moment of that race of all that stuff. It was really, really tough. And then, you know, I was hearing all this stuff about, people being mad at Pippa and she should have abandoned her run and all this sort of stuff. And you, you came out and defended her in the press conference. Yeah, that's right. Cause you know, I was asked to go to the press conference, which I put off doing as long as I possibly could. Cause again, I just needed a minute to sort of process Is there everything anything more cruel than, than sports in that regard. It's like, Hey, you just had the worst, uh, worst day of your life. Go talk about it to some cameras. <laughs> it sucks, man. <laughs> Yeah. It really sucks. It's part of the job, right? Oh, but it's 100%. just it's, yeah. it's like, you know, like you can't you can't complain about it too much, but it's it is a very, very tough element of of the, the deal, you know, like like just imagine that in the context of like not professional racing. It's like, you know, your your time at this company has come to an end. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to let you go. Anyway, in the other room, uh three news cameras want to hear about you being fired. So right. or like give a you chat. Know, <laughs> when when someone else wins, you know, best move, best director, best actor, best actress, whatever, they don't go to the audience and kneel down beside the loser and be like, so how was that speech? Listen yeah. to the other guy <laughs> walk away with the statue. You know, it's just a totally different how did it feel when you saw your wife cheating on you. Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, yeah. So that's something you got to handle. And, you know, they kept asking me like, Hey man, can you come up to the, press conference can come to the press conference and i was like yes i'll come eventually i'll be there at some point you know so i you know i got there 
And in the interim, I had heard some of this stuff about, you know, like people on social media going after Pippa, whatever, whatever. And it really pissed me off because she also was having the worst day, right? Yeah. Like I know exactly how she feels. And I'm the only one in that entire facility, as big as it is, and as many people are involved, I was the only other person I knew exactly how she felt in that moment. And the like, the, just to be on her, it's like, it's the word. That's just awful. Like people yeah. just suck. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got up to the press conference and like sat down and like the first words out of my mouth was like, okay, real quick, just so everybody's clear about this. This is not <laughs> yeah. Pippa's fault. And nobody here is mad at Pippa. Like the fact that anybody's going after her is bullshit and just shows you don't understand. Hey, you know, I went on a bit of a rant uh, in her defense because it wasn't her fault. It really wasn't. It was our fault. We had our, op- our one opportunity and we botched it. And that's all, that's all there is to it. Um, had things gone slightly differently, we could have had another opportunity and maybe it would have worked out, but that's just, that's not how it works. I mean, that's not racing. And, uh, and yeah, that was, it was really tough. And then we got back to, you know, I got back to the garage at some point and the cars there up on the high stands and the car just looks lonely and sad and all the crew look lonely and sad. Yeah, because it's it was, been an entire month of people obsessing over every detail of the car, and then now it's just like, well, done. And matter. it's like, and it's like five months. Like it starts in January. You start yeah. working on your indie cars, right? And and again, this is the same group and the same people. Two years prior, we had been on pole and fighting for the win, you know. And so it was just such a kick in the balls. But again, like you know, again, a lot of that same group was there in 2015 when I had my accident there. And moments like that, I genuinely believe do bring a group closer together, you know, and Mm -hmm. we all kind of hung out in the garage, just kind of sat around in a circle in the garage afterwards, like a therapy session and just sort of talked it out. And I think there were some tears at some point. And um, it was just a, it was a really, really difficult situation. But after about, you know, an hour of that pity party, it was like, okay, we have two other cars in this race and the team still has to do well. And so we're going to now figure out how we can as a group work with our teammates and try to make their days better. And yeah. that's what it, that's what it became. Right. And then my job was still working with Rob and engineers were helping out and mechanics were helping out. And that's just what you do in a team situation. Here's how long we've been doing this piece of shit. I remember going to you afterwards and be like, Hey man, we don't have to do an episode this week. Like we, like we can, we can skip. And, and you were like, now let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the commitment we have to the show, man, is unrivaled. It's unrivaled. <laughs> well, it was like, cause they even, so IndyCar, you know, they do that. They used to do that media day thing pre COVID where every qualifier would fly out to a city and do a day's worth of media promoting the race. And IndyCar asked me to go because it was still a story. Like, yes, I wasn't in the yeah. race, but like, it was a story. And I'm like, you want me to now go to New York and spend a whole day talking to different <laughs> media outlets about this? Wow. But I, I, I went, I went and, you know, the team encouraged me and, and certain people on the team, you know, spoke to me and whatever. And, uh, and it's one of those things, man. And I said this about my accident and I say it about a lot of things. Um, in a lot of ways, it's it was a great experience, and I'm very, I'm very thankful actually. In a lot of ways, that I went through that because you learn so much about yourself, and you learn so many great life lessons dealing with adversity like that. And it has definitely helped me navigate other things in life, in career, and personal life, and whatever. So it was it was awful. It was a day, uh, and you know, I still say it was my worst day at the speedway. 
And uh, <laughs> definitely top it, two. Definitely top two. <laughs> but yeah, but you take you take the positives out of those situations, right? And there were some there were some great lessons learned in that whole thing, and uh, and it did bring us closer together for sure. So when we then went out and won the race in Iowa a couple weeks later, it felt really really good and yeah. probably a little better than it would have otherwise, you know. <sighs> All right. So should I start recording? Ah, no, nobody needs to hear that part. Yeah, let's just welcome to uh, Off Tracks Tuesday episode. Uh, no, Tim, have you ever had any bad days at work that are kind of like that? Um, I have not made the Indy 500 in 33 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, you suck. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's tough. pretty bad. It's pretty tough. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, man. I remember my rookie year in 2011 because that was the year we had like 38 cars or 40 cars or something trying to qualify. And um, that was the year that two Andretti cars didn't make it. And Hunter Ray was one of them. And I remember sitting. So we, we, I did one qualifying run. We qualified 13th as a rookie with a smaller team. Like I was thrilled. Me and my engineer were like, just like so happy that we were not part of any of this bump day madness. And I remember sitting on the garage floor, like watching the TV as it all was unfolding. And Marco was on track out of the race as the gun went off, bumping Ryan out of, he got in, bumped Ryan out. Like it was absolute pandemonium. I remember thinking like, that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I can now confirm that was a terrible day for that group. (laughs) Yeah. But Uh, yeah, well, (laughs) I got nothing. That's, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, man. It makes it, it makes me feel bad to like be so ardently for bump day because I know the emotional toll. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, you un- you understand. Like, I understand right, right. the emotional toll it takes, but it's still just like. But then, like, think of some of the stories it. that have come out of it, right? Like Penske going home the year after they won the race, Ray Hall missing the race. I'm talking Bobby. Yeah. Um, then Graham. I mean, uh, the the. Uh, Alonzo getting bumped by Kyle, you know, in the Hunkos car at the last minute. Like there's some that was, incredible That was stories. the coolest David and Goliath story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a, the yeah. guy had like his dentist on the car. <laughs> like, right? What did we talk to him? Because we interviewed him after that. And like one of the they were just selling sponsorships to anybody who would kick any amount of money in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and took down McLaren and Fernando Alonso. It's just, you know, that, but that's, again, that's what's so amazing about that race and why qualifying weekend is so spectacular. And uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's sometimes better and more drama and more entertaining than the race as much as I hate to say it. Like as a fan, yeah. you should be tuning in every qualifying weekend for this race. Cause it's just awesome. So we've gone a little longer than I, than I was hoping we would, but just I'll leave on, on one Final thought, because you pointed this out to me. You're like, it, after not qualifying, you said, it's going to be miserable until the end of lap one. Because you said, you've seen plenty of races that you've started and not finished. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after lap one, I've, I've missed a bunch of that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I've done that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so know. true. I, yeah, that I, I had a lot of respect for your ability to, to roll with that adversity. So, well, well done. Thanks, boss. Well, <laughs> this is another Nameless Tuesday episode. Sans Rossi. Man, this should be this should be off track Sans Rossi with Hinch we'll Sans Rossi. Yeah. No, we won't. We won't. No, it's gonna be won't. the Nameless Tuesday episode forever. 
Either way, thanks for tuning in, guys. I uh, hope it was a mildly entertaining story. Uh, next week, Tim is going to tell us about the worst day in his career. <laughs> it's every day. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.